Thank you, Beryl, very much indeed. Uh, do keep Proverbs open. As Richard said, we'll be moving around a little bit, um, but we will be spending some time in Proverbs 10 and 11. Money and wealth are, are powerful things, aren't they? As a young boy, Sunday afternoon in my house was the time when we left Dad alone because he sat and poured over the Sunday Times. And I remember as a, as a young boy being struck by, uh, by, in the Sunday Times, there's a whole section on money. And as a young boy thinking, wow, is money that big a deal that it, it gets a whole section in the paper? It's powerful, isn't it? And we work hard at, in our jobs to get promotions just to, to get a bit more money. It's powerful enough to divide families as they bicker and squabble over inheritance. Wealth is, is powerful. So the, the question I want us to think about tonight is, how do we think about it? Should we, should we think of, of wealth as a blessing or, or is it a curse? Maybe your instinct is that we should think of it as a, as, as a curse. Seems those who live in countries with less money generally seem to be more open to hear of the Lord Jesus. The richer the country on the whole, it seems, the harder it is for, for people to hear the gospel and accept it. And then there's a, a whole bunch of passages we could turn to that talk about the dangers of wealth. Jesus says you, you can't love God and money. Paul writes that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. He goes on, some who have chased after it have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with all kinds of evil. Strong words. So how do we think about wealth? Is, is it a curse then? Or maybe your, your instinct is, is to say, actually, no, it's, it's a blessing. It's a, it's a great thing. There's a lady called Joyce Mayer, who's a, a, a well-known American Christian speaker. She was quizzed about her, her pretty extravagant life, and it is pretty extravagant. It includes a 10 million pound jet that she uses to get around, and she has a 20 million, sorry, 20, 10 million dollar jet. She's got a 20 million dollar ministry headquarter with uh, furniture worth about 5.7 million dollars. Her response was, well, I, I don't need to apologize for being blessed by God with money. It's a, it's a blessing. And there, there are many who would line up behind her and say, well, wealth's a blessing given to us by God. So, so how, how should we think about it? Is, it? is it a curse or is it a blessing? What does Proverbs say about money? It's a great book. I hope you're enjoying it as we work our way through it. It, it, it arms us with wisdom for everyday life. Billy Graham, who, who died last year, many of us will know of him, the well-known American evangelist, uh, apparently throughout his life read a chapter every day. Read a chapter a day, once a month you, you get through the whole book, 31 chapters. He was convinced by soaking himself in Proverbs, he'd arm himself with wisdom. And what Proverbs does for us is it, it gives us a, a worldview. Whether we re realize it or not, we've all, all got worldviews. And what I mean by that is the kind of goggles that we put on our eyes without realizing it to, to decide how we view the world, shaping how we interpret things that happen to us. That's why it is, isn't it, that, that two people can face exactly the same situation and deal with it completely differently. Imagine for a moment uh, two people uh, go into a, into a car crash, just a minor car crash, and, and one person... Uh, involved in the crash is absolutely devastated by it. My beautiful new car. I've only had it for a, for a few months. My wife's going to go mad. What, what were you doing? The other person slowly gets out of their car and much calmer says, are you, are you okay? 
I'm so glad it seems you're not hurt. The car's just a piece of metal. It's nothing more than that, is it? Same situation. Two completely different reactions because, two, because of two completely different worldviews. Well, as we spend time in Proverbs, and I hope you're, you're spending time in it in, during the week as well, it, it shapes our, our worldview. It shapes how we, how we see and interpret the things that, um, that go on around us. So what's the worldview on Proverbs? And is it, it, it uh, the worldview on wealth in Proverbs? Is it, is, it a, is it a curse or is it a blessing? Well, here's, here's the, the first thing we need to see. We need to view wealth rightly because God made wealth a blessing. Don't worry about flicking up the verses because we're going to move around a little bit. I've, I've put them into the PowerPoint so we can just kind of look up and rather than spending all our time flicking through. Uh, here's, here's the first verse to look at from Proverbs 8. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. Proverbs 10, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without pe- painful toil for it. See, money is a, a good thing. Wealth, wealth is a good thing because God is a good creator. Money is just one of the, the many good things that he, he may well bless us with. Now, sure, as we, we hear about Joyce Mayer's lifestyle, we'll, we'll, we'll know that have some questions about how she's choosing to spend her money, but she's onto something when she says that, that wealth is a blessing, a God-given blessing. So if you're here this evening and, and you're someone who earns lots of money, well, don't feel embarrassed about that, as if it's sort of something to hide away. No, wealth is a blessing to us from God. That doesn't mean that, that God will promise to bless every Christian with wealth. The Bible doesn't teach a prosperity gospel as some people want to put forward. So we can't read Proverbs 10 and, with a sort of name it and claim it attitude. He, he's named a, a blessing of, of wealth. All I need to do is, is claim that blessing. Now if you read Proverbs like that, you're, not, you're reading it against the grain. You're not reading it as, it, as, it's, as it's meant to be read. We can't read each proverb as if it's a kind of personal promise to me. It sets out principles, not promises. The principle in Proverbs is that God made wealth a blessing. It's a good thing. So I just wonder whether our, our reaction to the prosperity gospel is we swing completely the other way and we say, well, wealth and money is just a terrible thing. That seems to be a pendulum swinging too far in the other direction. God is the giver of all sorts of good things for us, including physical gifts. He made a, a physical world and he, he made it good. So as you and I tuck into a delicious steak and chips, we can thank God for the good gift in, in front of us. When he, he gives us with, with wealth to go away and enjoy holidays and, and time with friends and family, we're to see that as a, as a good gift given to us from our good God. God made wealth a blessing. So what what does that mean for us? Well, Proverbs says that that means that we'll want to be those who work hard. Here's here's Proverbs 10. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 12. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. One last proverb at 14.23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. 
You see what it's saying? Diligent hands, work in the land, hard work. God made wealth a blessing through hard work. God, God's created you and I to, to work, to study. There's a, there's a dignity in that, isn't it? That God has chosen to bless us as we, we sweat and we strive at, at work, as we study hard at university. Sure, work outside the garden, outside of the Garden of Eden is hard. It's, it's frustrating. It has its moments where you want to jack it all in. But there is a dignity, isn't there, in knowing that our toil is God's given way of, of blessing us. Work and, and study is, is character-forming. It honors God as we, we have an attitude of working hard and providing for others. So if, if you're working, the, the money you earn to provide for your family is a good thing. Unless your work is clearly immoral, then your hard work in some way serves others. In a small way, you are doing your bit to make this world just a little bit better. You're bringing order into a chaotic world. So, so work hard. If you're at university, study hard. Don't shrink away from it. Proverbs has some pretty strong words for, for laziness. It, it talks about the, the lazy sluggard. Here's, here's Proverbs 6. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? Will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. You see, the blessing of wealth doesn't come as we just sort of sit back and, and wait for it all to, to come our way, sleeping, waiting, as if money will just fall in our lap. Now, don't expect God to, to bless you with a quick bucket. It comes from hard graft. Money is a blessing through hard work. So, so work hard. And here's the second thing. Be, be generous with your wealth. Proverbs 22. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Proverbs 28. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. You see, when we when we see that the wealth's a blessing that God gives us, it, it frees us up to, to hold on to it lightly. Because we're, we're blessed as we give. We're blessed as we provide for others. There's a, there's a joy and a freedom as we, we hold lightly to the money that, that God's given us. There's some good friends of ours who, who spent a few years working in, uh, in Tanzania. And they, they'd gone through the process of, of raising up the money they needed while they were in the UK. And they were absolutely blown away with how God provided through the generosity of his people enough money for them to go abroad. And my friend uh, Rich um, said to me when, when they were out there, he said, knowing all the money had been given to us through the kindness of God's people just completely changed how he thought about money. So he, just, he saw that, that money uh, it was a blessing from God. They, they didn't have all that much. They were there uh, as missionaries but they felt freed up to support others with real needs as much as they could. They'd seen how, how generous God had been to them. He, he'd provided for their needs, and it freed them up to hold lightly to money and be generous with, with the little they had. I, w- I wonder how you think about money. Do you think of it as, as yours, that you're, you're holding on to? You've, you've worked hard for it. You've, you've earned it through blood, sweat, tears, torturous commutes, perhaps. It's mine. It's my money. It's much harder to hold lightly to money if that's your attitude. 
God ultimately is the one who, who blesses us with money and wealth. Sure, that's through hard work. But ultimately, he's the one who blesses us with it. See, if we, we see money no longer as, as our money, it's mine, it's much easier to, to freely give it away, to be generous with it, to, to see a need and, and, and give some of our, our money to that need. So what does Proverbs say about money? What's the, the worldview on, on money and wealth? Well, God made money a blessing. But here's, here's the second thing we need to see. We need to hold it lightly. Why do we need to hold it lightly? Because we all too easily make wealth a curse. You see, we've, we've just got the, this endless capacity of turning uh, good things into ultimate things. Things created by God for us to enjoy become things that, that capture our eyes and, and, and they become everything. And they take us away from God. And it seems to me that, that wealth is, is one of the most likely candidates for that, a, a good thing that we, we turn into an ultimate thing. Again and again, we, we read in Proverbs, we saw it a couple of weeks back, don't chase after wealth, chase after wisdom. Here's Proverbs 8. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. See, the problem is we, we think it's the other way around, don't we? We think that nothing can compare with gold. That's the, that's the thing we couldn't possibly have. Uh, we couldn't possibly not have. Anna and I gave up uh, watching X Factor quite a while ago. We got thoroughly sick and tired of it. But, um, but so many go onto that program because they're just desperate to grab at wealth and riches. So you meet fictitious characters. You meet Dan, the, the checkout assistant at Iceland, and he, he spends his days dreaming about what it would be like to, to have wealth and riches, to be an international singer. And he, he gets through the first stage and, and heads off to the judges' houses, and his eyes are almost popping out as he, as he looks around him and thinks, this is, this is what I could have. This could be me. If only I had all this, then my desires would be satisfied. Nothing could compare. Now, Proverbs 8 says, wisdom is far more precious to us than rubies, than gold, than silver. Wisdom is far more valuable to Dan than a house on Sunset Boulevard. You see, we, we, we turn wealth, a good thing, into a curse when we, we turn it into an ultimate thing. We chase after it at all costs. Here's Proverbs 13. Dishonest men, sorry, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. See, if you're chasing after wealth, you'll have no problem with dishonest money. But when we don't chase after it and see wealth as a blessing from God, as we work hard for it, we'll gather it little by little and it grows. Proverbs 23, don't wear yourself out to get rich. Don't trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Don't wear yourself out to get rich. Don't trust your own cleverness to, to get you the money you so want. When I was um, at university a few years ago, I, I studied economics and um, I met up with a friend who'd been on the same course as me about a year or so ago. Uh, and she's been working in the city for quite a few years. And I said to her, how's it going? How are you finding it? 
She said to me, I've got more money than I know what to do with, but I'm absolutely worn out, exhausted from the rat race. And she said, I could name half a dozen of my friends exactly the same. We can holiday where we want around the world, but we're just exhausted, we're worn out. And look, I'm, I'm not saying Proverbs doesn't say there is anything wrong with working hard, that there is anything wrong with doing a job that earns lots of money. We've, we've seen, haven't we, that Proverbs values hard work. It honors God. But God is concerned with our motives. Perhaps your danger isn't being a lazy sluggard, but a crazy hardworking ant. You ever asked yourself why you work so hard? Is it because you're wearing yourself out to get rich? Proverbs 18, we heard it earlier. The, the wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. Money can give you sort of an air of invincibility, can't it? The rich think their wealth is like a fortified city. Nothing can scale the walls. It, it protects from ill health with private health care. It protects from scandal with the strongest legal team. But in the face of death, wealth is useless. Proverbs 11, those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Ultimately, it's useless. So how, how do we view wealth rightly? Well, we've seen that, that God's made it a blessing but we are all too quick to make it a, a, a curse. So don't chase after it. Don't, don't trust in it. Realize that it is useless in the face of death. And here's the last thing to see in Proverbs. To have a right worldview on wealth, we need to cling to Christ tightly. Why? Because only he offers eternal riches. One last verse from, from Proverbs 11 one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be, re will be refreshed. Those, those who are the most generous with their money also seem to be the most content. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. A generous person will prosper. And isn't Jesus the, the ultimate example of that? The ultimate example of generosity is he, as he gave himself freely. His life, as we've seen if you've been here in, in the mornings in Matthew, is a, is a daily example of doing this, of, of giving himself up for the sake of others. And he comes to the end of his life, and again he gives it freely. One last verse from 2 Corinthians this time. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that through his poverty, you might become rich. Well, Jesus gave, gave up for, for you and I the riches of heaven to take on the poverty of being human, the, the poverty of, of being a slave and dying as a common criminal, taking on himself the poverty of your and my sin. Why? Well, 2 Corinthians says, so that you and I might enjoy riches, eternal riches, of fellowship with the Lord Jesus. Christ offers us, you, offers you and I, eternal riches. 
C.T. Stubb was, was a man who, who understand that. He, he was a man who grew up having all the world could offer. This is his childhood home, pretty, pretty good home to grow up in. He, he grew up and he, and he played cricket for England, studied at Cambridge. He seemed to have it all. One of his brothers, G.B., they seemed to talk about themselves in their initials rather than their names. He was C.T., his brother was G.B., his brother was extremely sick at one stage, and it looked like GB was, was going to die. And CT spent much of that time with his brother at his bedside. His, his brother GB was a committed Christian, and Charlie was completely changed by experience of his brother coming very close to dying, and, and he committed his life to the Lord Jesus. Uh, and in a biography that Norman Grubb's written, he says how for CT, all the riches that the world had to offer, all the money he had, the recognition for playing for England, they became nothing to him. As he saw the eternal riches in Christ, he saw that anything else he could have was, was just nothing. On, on CT Studd's 25th birthday, he was due to inherit 29,000 pounds, which in the late 1800s was a significant amount of money. Short of £5,000, he gave it all away. Just kept a small amount that he could use in his service as a missionary. See, when we grasp the eternal riches we have in the Lord Jesus, we can hold to money lightly because it's in him that we find unending riches. Material wealth is just a pale, pale reflection of what we can enjoy in the Lord Jesus. Here's how C.S. Lewis puts that thought in, uh, in his book, The Weight of Glory. We are like ignorant children who want to go on making mud pies in a slum because we can't imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So what do we do with, with wealth? What does Proverbs say we, we should think about? Is it, is it a blessing? Uh, is it a curse? Well, Proverbs says, uh, view it rightly... Hold to it lightly and cling to Christ tightly. View it rightly. It is a, a blessing that, that God gives to us. But hold to it lightly because we all too quickly turn it into a curse. And cling to Christ tightly because in him is eternal riches that far outweighs anything that this world can offer us. Let's pray together. Father, we are uh, all too aware of the, the power of wealth, how it, it can seem like everything before us, and we live in a world that says just that. We pray, please, that you would help us to have a right attitude towards money, that we would see it as a good thing that you give to us, but we'd know that it is no more than a good thing for us. It's not an ultimate thing. It's not a thing for us to chase after. We pray, please, that we'd be chasing after the Lord Jesus and him only, and that we'd know that in him are eternal riches that'll far outweigh anything this world has to offer us. We pray that our lives would be marked by that kind of wisdom, wisdom that chases after the Lord Jesus, not after the next buck. And we pray that for our good and for your glory. 
Amen.